This is episode number 213 of the Rise of Man podcast with Andrew Genovese. Nature is violent. What is up, Rising Man family? Thank you for joining me here today. My name is Jedi Azuma. I am the founder of the Rising Man movement and the host of the Rising Man podcast. Before I jump into today's guest, I want to invite you to join us in the Rising Man Fire Circles. This is our virtual network of men's teams that spans the entire globe, from Australia to Europe and everywhere in between. We've got men showing up to support each other with high-level accountability, learning how to lead each other and be led by other men in the space, and being purpose-driven leaders on this planet. That's what it's all about. You can join us there and register by going to risingman.org slash fire circles today and get yourself on a men's team tonight. All right. Our guest for today is Andrew Genovese. He's a breathwork facilitator, healer, plant medicine guide, and light leader specializing in helping people move towards wholeness. He's on the front lines of speaking out against the corruption that is happening across the planet and for humans reclaiming their sovereignty. In this episode, Andrew discussed what it looks like to bring more feminine energy into being men without losing the best parts of the masculine. A really interesting discussion. I know a lot of people have resistance to talking about feminine energy when it comes to being men. We talk about how our DNA evolves and changes to reflect our growth as a people, the reality of violence on this planet and whether or not violence is necessary for life on this planet to continue. We discussed emotional command and mastery for men, why it's easy to be uncomfortable and avoidant of exploring and experimenting with our emotional range. Lastly, we talked about understanding how quickly things can change and our role to play in our collective evolution. Without further ado, Andrew Genovese. Rising Man family, I got another amazing man joining me here on the show today. Andrew Genovese coming in from Bay Area, San Francisco at the moment, correct? Yes, I am currently residing in the Bay Area, not for long, but yeah, this is where we are. Just nomading around until we get our, you know, our feet more planted next month. Gotcha, man. Well, yeah, you're just a stone's throw away from where I am, just about an hour up the road at this point. And you've done quite a bit of traveling over the years. Um, the quick, quick, funny intro story, the way that we connected, you had sent me a message I, months ago. I mean, we're, we're talking years ago and Instagram had hidden it from me somehow. You know, I'll blame it on Instagram. And it magically popped up out of nowhere and all, along with about 60 or 70 other message threads that I hadn't seen. And we're just reconnecting now after so much has transpired. So over the past couple of years, man, if you could put it into a few sentences, let's say like, let's say like three sentences, what has the past two years been about for you? Oh, man, I know I'm challenging you. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this last year, uh, God, it's just been so inspiring. Is like the first thing that's that's present and alive for me. Um, how we've seen and how I've seen humanity break out of this competitive nature of seeing this brother or this sister as competition because they have a similar business to you or they have a similar voice, a similar message. Um, so much of that is just totally just crumbling. It's just burning to ashes, you know, where we are just uniting and, and collaborating and connecting on a level that is, uh, I mean, unprecedented to anything that we ever could have imagined um, in 2020. Um, so much death so much death of myself and old parts of myself that, you know, I, I, I thought were me that were literally just, you know, constructs of my own ego. And so uh, it's been a constant, just, yeah, going back into, going back into the books and into my breath of who I am, um, how I can show up the best for my peers and for the planet and for, you know, the universe at large, which is what this massive shift of consciousness is affecting everyone and everything in many, 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 many galaxies throughout the universe. So it's really been an extraordinary journey this last two years. And the amount of uh, amazing soul brothers and sisters that have just fled into my field that, you know, I look them in the eye, uh, whether we're in the physical or whether it's over a Zoom, and I just know within every microfiber of my being, we've, we've done this before. Yeah. We've, we've, we've met before. Like this is yeah. not our first time being together. I, you know, I, I could, I could feel it. And so it's just been, um, you know, that, you know, they say like soul family, 
those who we've who we've known not on a blood level but on a soul level especially with many of the souls being very 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 ancient during this time they say that that connection is even deeper than your blood family so it's been pretty spectacular and really magnificent just being connected with so many like-minded individuals that want nothing more than to see a, a planet that is whole and loving and sovereign and and free yeah Beautiful, man. Well, I know I gave you a tall order to try and describe the past couple of years for yourself in just a few sentences, it's but, big. Big but it gives us a good, it gives us a good high level perspective of where you're coming in from. So before we jump into some of the finer details of your story and experience, let me ask you the question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, what does it mean to be a man? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what an, what an incredible question to, to start off this conversation, right? I, you know, one thing I said in a transmission I did recently um, with an online workshop I did was, and, and the funny thing was it was about 85% uh, sisters, women on the call, and probably only uh, just a handful, maybe like five or six, seven men on the call. And I just said, sisters, you know, you must hold compassion for, for your spouse, for your partner, your husband, uh, your son, your brother, blood brother, or, or your soul brother. Um, I really feel deeply that it's a very, the, the roles on, on planet earth are shifting so dramatically, um, from what it is to be in a feminine body and what it is to be in in a masculine body. And I think for the for for men, we are we are changing and evolving in such an interesting, fascinating way. Uh, now, what what do I mean by that? As we come into the golden age, and as we come into an entire new way of living and existing, and being, and I promise you, to all you who catch this conversation, <laughs> this planet is changing in a way that is so that is so big. Um, it, I can, I could go really deep down that rabbit hole, but um, we, we are truly transforming into a planet that will be so beautiful and so benevolent. And for a man, um, all the toxic masculinity of massive corporations needed to control and manipulate and have power and have immense amounts of money. If you're in a male body, that, that is in your DNA. So as a man, we are purging out so much toxicity of what, it, of what we used to think it is to be a man. And if you are a conscious man listening to this conversation, there's probably a very good chance that you grew up in a household where right, your, your parents had a very toxic relationship. You probably grew up in a household where your dad screamed and reacted rather than breathing into the discomfort of anxiety and anger and rage and and you know and feeling isolated from their partner or whatever that was right because many of our parents they just simply didn't have the tools they didn't have the awareness of the consciousness present within them to be a fully embodied man like many of us are and many of us are becoming listening to this conversation so we are, we are really changing in such a, a big way. And the dominant energy, n- not, not in a body, but energy in the golden age is the feminine energy. energy. Uh, and that's uh, nurturing, that's clairvoyance, that's compassion, kindness, uh, that's feeling, right? That's uh, everything that, you know, uh, every uncle I have would never want, whoa, I don't want to do any of those things. I don't want to feel. <laughs> I don't want to feel into my emotions, right? Um, but the truth is we're reversing what it means to be a strong man, what it means to be an embodied man. Um, and that's feeling our emotions that's being vulnerable. Uh, that's allowing our brother, uh, to hold us while we, while we cry our eyes out in a workshop because, you know, we were beat by our dad for years, you know, whatever, whatever that is. So, you know, what it means to be a man. Gosh, we're redefining that every single day we get our heads off of the pillow. And it's, it's changing in a way that we can't even begin to fathom as we, as we continue to move forward. But it's really exciting. And we get to do it together. 
Let me ask you a question about that. Cause first of all, just the using, using the combination of words, toxic and masculinity is, is something I've always had a problem with. I, I understand the overarching nature of the dialogue and I understand where that terminology comes from. But I think in large part, a lot of people are misusing and misassigning that, that terminology to things that are just like you said, right? People who didn't have the resources, people who didn't even have the knowledge or the idea that there was a different possibility as far as yeah. how we could be. So there's the toxic masculine part. And then I hear you also saying that what I'm interpreting as bringing things more into balance out of the way that we've been, it means introducing more feminine energy. So what does it look like in your opinion to bring more of that feminine into ourselves as individuals and collectively as people without losing the best parts of the masculine as well. How does that, how do we still create and sustain that balance? Yeah. Well, right. It's a, there's so many, there's so many things changing within us. And like we talked about uh, before the show, Jetty, our, our DNA is, is changing and evolving at the moment. We have two helixes in our DNA. They're active and in this third density consciousness on Earth, uh, we will be living on a planet one day where we have we'll, we will have twelve helixes activated within our DNA, which means full spiritual abilities, psychic abilities, remote viewing, astral travel, uh, able to tra uh, traverse the universe within an instant. Um, that's what we will have available to us. So that's that's just like a tiny little morsel of how much we're going to be evolving and changing. Um, in this lifetime. And one of the beautiful things that came through in a workshop I held the other day was, uh, and I was speaking to a bunch of men at this workshop, was that it, it's up to us, right, to speak up, speak our truth for our children, for the women on earth, and provide a safe container for them to bring life through their womb portal uh, and allow them to bring life in a safe way uh, onto earth. Because in the moment, right, um, being a breathwork facilitator, and I mean, I've, I've guided a couple thousand uh, breathwork private sessions, online sessions, and, and in person. And I can't tell you how many, how common it is for women to have, you know, immense tension and trauma being purged from, from their hips and from their womb space, right? There is so much there to unpack because of... Just for a woman, for example, walking down the street in, you know, let's say Boston and New York, there is a tension within a woman's hips that is literally unsecure whether or not she is safe or not, right? This is the kind of world that, that we live in. And, you know, at the last men's circle, you know, a brother, this it was really, really, really deep. He confessed, you know, having you know, assaulted a woman once and feeling incredible guilt about that. And all the brothers, we were there to, you know, hold him and, and really see him and honor him for being so vulnerable. And, and right, that's not just him. That's, you know, that's thousands, tens of thousands, who knows? Um, millions, I don't know, all over the world that have, that can feel and resonate with that. So we have to, as a man, we have to be able to see one another and come from a place of non-judgment and understand that on a soul level, right, these are just one of the many things that uh, we took on for our soul to learn as we leave the dark ages or the Kali Yuga, completing a 26,000 year cycle and many other cycles on earth and coming into, uh, yeah, the Garden of Eden or the Golden Age, the Age of Aquarius. So let's dig into this a little bit, Andrew. I love that you're bringing up this topic. And one of the things I also appreciated you saying is that you see yourself as a bridge between the the esoteric spiritual conversation that, that a lot of us, myself included, sometimes even gets just uh, distracted by or difficult has difficulty accessing. What does that all really mean and represent? And, and being able to bring, like you were saying before, bringing some of these other tools to the table that people will understand or have a more trusting relationship with like science or things that we can actually see with our eyes. So in that realm of you being the bridge and basically being a translator for those of us who don't speak that language in that way, this, this piece right here that you shared about the things that men have done 
let's just focus on men, right? Because every human on this planet has done things that we look back and and at least a few that we look back and say, hey, I would do that differently. Or that was that's not in alignment with who I want to be and how I want to represent myself. Here we are um, in the wake of Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars yesterday. And it's it's bringing a huge conversation to the to the forefront. Is physical violence okay? Is that justifiable? Is that something that was completely unwarranted and unnecessary? Or is that on the other end of the spectrum, a totally approve uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for a totally acceptable way of defending and protecting somebody that you love and care about and seeing the disparity between how people how people view this um you know i'm just interested in your perception of the things that we have done as men whether it's assaulting or sexually abusing, taking advantage of somebody, violence with our words or with our physical actions against other people and genuinely showing remorse for it and a desire to make right moving forward. When we live in a society where all it takes is one smack at the Oscars to completely change the public perception of somebody and the way that people treat other people. So I, I lay all that out there because I'm really interested and curious about your perspective on this and where we might be able to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really, really fascinating, right? There's, there's some people in my corner that were like, oh yeah, 100%, that was, that was scripted. That was not, they're actors, right? That's what, that's literally, they're the best of the best, Will Smith. <laughs> that's, that's literally what he does. Was it, what, or was it authentic? You know, I, I don't know, but uh, I found it really interesting that it is to happen right now as, <clears throat> you know, we see the COVID narrative literally just crumbling at the seams and so much has manifested literally um, just in the last four or five, five weeks. Um, I saw just a dramatic change on the planet energetically within myself and, you know, viewing what's happening around me physically since we hit February 22nd, which was, right, the 2 2 2 2 2 2, two portal in a, in a very, very, very powerful day for this planet and for many, 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 many planets that are connected to this, you know, universal uh, ascension. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, is it acceptable? Uh, you could go, you could have go on both sides of the coin. In, in one sense, I, I was like, well, for, for my God, I, I would literally get run over by a train 30 times over because, you know, she's, she's, she's my universe and I would, and I would protect her. And things happen within things happen within me when I feel like I need to protect her that I know is part of old past lives and being a leader and a warrior and um, being fricking burned burned at the stake on Earth before. Um, so uh, I can resonate with him <laughs> and feeling this like just fire that like like no one steps on my partner's toes like that. I would do anything to defend her, and then. There's the other side of the coin. Are we coming from a more embodied place of not doing that and not acting out in physical violence? Which most would argue, yeah, that is the more embodied way to handle it and be like, hey, brother, um, I have a big issue with how you just handled that and what just came out of your mouth, right? I don't think that was okay to humiliate my partner like that. And that's a really sensitive subject. So you know, we, you could handle it both ways, but yeah, for sure. Probably the more, the more grounded, the more embodied, the more way of the new earth. I, I think when we're 25 years in from now, if I have a problem with you, Jetty, I'm going to say, Hey brother, can I, I want, can I talk to you over just in private really quick? I'm not going to come over and resort to physical violence. I think that's going to be something that is part of, part of our past. Um, Will certain situations extend that? Yeah, sure, maybe, you know. But I know uh, as an embodied man, it's going to have to come. For me, what feels in resonance at least is coming from a very grounded and calm place and not acting out uh, in anger and rage and in violence, pulling you to the side and be like, hey, brother, I want to have a really radically raw conversation and I just want you to hear me without being triggered. Yeah. 
Well, this is great, man, because for me, I consider myself a naturalist or, or at least someone who subscribes to naturalism. And for me, what that really means is looking at nature as the ultimate teacher, as the ultimate wisdom keeper. And the, the comparison of humans and a human race to all other species on this planet, it's almost like everything that we do in, in modern times is almost completely opposite of what the natural world is calling for. And that we can see in these cycles everywhere around us. And so because I subscribe to that, I look around me and I live on 10 acres in beautiful redwood forest. I, mm. I see, I see nature literally had, had deer coming up to my window just, just before we started this call. Epic. I see the night, the nature cycle, the, the, the circle of life happening in front of me all the time, like, like very directly in front of my view. And the reality to me, is that nature is violent. Like there's a lot of violence in nature, you know, because we as humans, we don't engage in the world in the same way that most other species do. We're so removed and blinded from the the reality that nature is is violent. In order for many of the earth's creatures to eat, they fight, they kill, they eviscerate and and ravage flesh. Like that's there's that's that's something that actually happens on this planet so that some forms of life can continue. You know, so I think, so what are your thoughts on that? You know, where does that fit in with this idea of a new earth that you're talking about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a conversation that can come up uh, a lot and, and God, yeah, yeah. Right. That, that almost segues into like, you know, eating animals and consuming animals and killing animals. Right. And a lion is going to continue to hunt down a gazelle for its food to continue to, to live because it is a carnivore that that's what it does. Right. You know, and obviously same with many other species of animals, a coyote is going to continue to find uh, a mouse or a rabbit, or, you know, unfortunately even eat, <laughs> eat a cat that escaped from the house. that's in the Hills of, uh, of California. <laughs> and that's, that's what it's going to do because it needs to eat. It needs to continue to survive. Now, you segue that into uh, into humans. Do we? Is that necessary to to commit violence? Right. I think we're talking about two different. I think we're talking about two separate different things. I don't think we need to resort to violence when we're feeling really agitated or literally at our wits' end. We've literally had everything happen this week. We lost a family member. We've lost our job. All of a sudden, we're literally in financial problems, right? When we're when we're at our wits' end, can we be grounded enough to not act out in an ungrounded, unembodied way and possibly punch someone in the face or slap someone or literally put your hands around a, a brother of yours that's a good friend without being like, "Hey, I just want to talk to you," and I'm and I'm feeling like literally like I'm about to explode, but. You know, can you go to a place within yourself, tapping into your central nervous system and have a cool and collected conversation? I don't think we're going to be resulting to, to, to violence like we once did um, as we continue to live in a world that is so peaceful and harmonious, like peaceful beyond, beyond our wildest imagination. I mean, like, I mean, true nirvana. That, like that's what we're going to be living in in this lifetime. Um, that is what Sri Satya Sai Baba, who is the reincarnation of Shiva, um, he passed away in 2012. He did huge talks all over India um, in front of thousands of people in the, in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And he would say that in every single talk that he gave, the existence that awaits us in this lifetime is like no, no world you can even begin to even try to fathom in your wildest imagination. Um, and he, he knows some stuff, right? He's the reincarnation of Shiva. He is literally, he is a manifestation of the source. So he knew things that very, very, very few people knew, especially leading up to this last couple of decades. You know, I have a great idea and I still have no idea of how beautiful it is, but I, but I, when I feel into it, I just like, I almost get overwhelmed with how beautiful it is. And I don't think, uh, you know, violent acts like that. Sure. Is it going to be taking place in the animal kingdom? I think always like that's, that's what animals need to do for us. I think it's going to be much different. 
Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. And, and just to clarify my position on it and what I hear you saying is that it's it's not that we're going to eradicate violence from the world, from the planet. I mean, essentially what you're saying is a lot of species depend on that in order for their own survival. It's simply that we as humans won't have to depend on that as much, as, especially as we begin to adapt into these new tools and skill sets we have. Communication, just being able to communicate in new and different ways and really listening and hearing each other in greater depth. I think there's very few instances where physical violence is actually necessary as far as a requirement. There's animals, like you said, that require violence in order to eat, you know, like a, a wild wolf has to has to tear into the flesh of, of an animal that it's eating in order to be sustained like that's that's what it has available to it maybe you know thousands of years into the future wolves will be a little closer to where we are but we don't have that same requirement so i agree with you on that level and what i'm saying about violence as part of our nature is i think that part of growing out of violence from our history and as a as a bedrock in our culture if we're just being honest and i'm talking about violence in physical and violence in language violence emotional violence right. all that stuff is getting to know the extremes of our emotional spectrum that drive us towards violence as a choice or violence as a reaction as an unconscious choice because i know so many people especially just working with men who have never entertained or explored the depth of their anger, who've never yeah. explored the depth of their sadness and their grief. And to me, that's what actually makes people dangerous is when they don't know their full emotional experience. And I've been there before myself. And the the thoughts that come up in my head as a man when I don't understand my emotional capacity is it's like a violent movie that can play out, you know, the, the fantasies that op, that operate and run in my head when I'm, when I don't have a robust relationship with where my emotions are, that gives me the power to choose instead of just reacting and then hurting myself or somebody else. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, just really recently, Jetty, when I was literally in Egypt only, only five, five weeks ago, no, six weeks ago, uh, I was feeling levels of frustration and anger and rage that, man, it was it, it was up there. I, I was so emotionally shut down. I mean, we, my partner and I, we definitely had one of those, one of those kind of very not pleasant Egypt trips that exist out there that some people have. I mean, that was definitely that was definitely us. I mean, it was like excavating just so much irritation and irritability, rage out of my body. Um, that I was really having to like sit with. And, and then when I got to Peru, I was transmuting so much of it through, you know, some beautiful, beautiful medicines and my breath, like I always do and in movement. Um, but man, like I, I really had to, I, I, and I, I would express to Michelle, I was like, I can't even remember the last time I was feeling this irritable and this like, and this like angry, like the people were literally dragging that out of me because there would be a time where we, we would be literally walking down the market and I, I literally just walked by, I stopped. I looked at like a really cool bag that was like handmade leather or whatever. And then I would keep, I would keep walking and the man would literally like run down the street and be like grabbing at my arm and be like trying to get me to buy that. And I'd be like, brother, I, I, I was just looking. I don't, I don't want to buy it. <laughs> like really like direct. And then like, Two minutes later, he still walked like 150 feet with us, still like trying to like grab my arm to buy this. And then I literally was like, okay, wow, this is like, this is getting to be like really full on and intense. And then while my partner is there, I'm feeling like I have to protect her. So I felt like my lion warrior starting to come out of my chest. <laughs> um, so I literally was like, I stopped and I literally got really close to his face. I was like, brother, take your fucking hand off me. I don't, I'm not buying the suitcase. Have a good day. <laughs> and he he was like, okay, this guy's like, no, I'm not joking now. Um, <laughs> um, and then he turned around and he went back to his shop. But that happened like three or four different times throughout our two weeks there. It was, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've been to like 45 countries and I, it was the first, I, I'd, never, I'd never been pushed that much in such a short time period. Um, 
with just the culture there. Yeah, it was, it was a man, it was a really, really fascinating uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of, uh, first of all, thanks for sharing that story. I think that's, it's really important for people to hear that. You know, there's, a, there's so much shame that has been generated over the years about our emotional experiences and, the, and the, the the lengths that we can get driven to because of what we're feeling internally. So anytime that a man shares an honest experience of being pushed to the brink, I really, I really appreciate that. And it remains, it makes me think of something that one of my buddies told me once, um, let me see if I can get it right. He was talking about how it's, it's important for us as men to have a, a clear relationship with the sh- the strength of our of our masculine power, the part of us that could, you know, rip somebody in half if we needed to protect our family or protect our livelihood or our way of being, but that we have the command and the mastery not to go to that place. So he, I think he just, he described it as everybody knows I've got a sword, I just don't ever have to take it out right? Just commanding that presence everywhere that we go and learning to assert ourselves in powerful, productive ways. To me, that's the difference. To me, that's where I see us, especially as men, evolving towards because so much of what has created this narrative of toxic masculine and dangerous men in the world has been men not having a masterful relationship or command of their emotions and the way that we communicate them that doesn't harm ourselves or others or other people. Yeah, I totally agree, Jetty. I, I, uh, something, something kind of struck within me when you said that when I was in Guatemala, uh, I met a brother, uh, he was staying in the same, the place that I was and he was from Germany. And, uh, you know, we started talking about my work and, uh, health freedom for humanity and breath work. And then he said, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel it's uh, appropriate or safe um, to be expressing like anger in like a loud, in a, like a loud fashion. Like, I, I think that's like really bad for one's, you know, central nervous system. And I said, you, you know, do you mind if I share my personal and pro- professional opinion? And he was like, yeah, sure. I was like, you know, brother, take it or leave it. But I was like, honestly, I, I guide, you know, I've guided breath workshops for thousands of people and, I believe in the exact opposite of what you said. I provide a radical healing container for men and women when they start feeling like, you know, the their ex-partner that they had in university that used to be physically abusive, abusive to them and tell them that they were worthless and they were no good and that they couldn't do anything and, you know, they weren't pretty enough or whatever that was when they're doing breath work and they're being seen by their brothers and sisters and that deep rage, like of utter, just like chaos in the body uh, comes out. I invite them to just, just literally grab their blanket or grab their pillow and just unleash the beast to just feel that expression of anger and rage within every microfiber of their body. And when they are given that, permission to express that in a safe, loving space where they're held and they're not being judged and they're being seen. And there's just this wide open, just arms for, yeah, give, give it all in here. Just show it all. Show everyone. Show everyone. There's so much healing that I've, and I've witnessed it. There's so much healing that takes place when someone could be seen, you know, by a woman being molested by her father or, you know, being raped at the at a young age in elementary school, when they can be seen and then speak about it in a workshop, and everyone just literally just, you know, without even any word exchange, I see you, sister. I see you. There's something so incredibly powerful, and then all of a sudden, two shares later, sister goes, you know, I was molested uh, at the age of eleven, and same thing for me. So, you know. I see you. And then after the workshop, they share that hug. I mean, this stuff is like, whew, I mean, I'm almost getting emotional just talking about it. You know, it's, um, it's what we're here to do. You know, it's, 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 it's the work we came here for to, to, to radically see one another beyond the body and into the eyes, into the soul and really see one another for, Hey brother, I see you for all the soul contracts that you took on. Here's mine. Here's what I chose to learn in this lifetime. And so I, I, I fully disagreed with what he had to say. I think it's, 
I think it's so healing to freaking just yell at the top of your lungs. If you're outside to get a giant branch and literally smash the water multiple times or, or smash a rock to, to express that not at someone, right. But, but in a safe space where you're being held is so sacred and so, and, and so powerful and transformative for someone. Yeah. I'm always amazed at how many people have been in the personal development realm, but have not explored and experimented with their emotional range, either through a breathwork workshop or through somatic experiencing or, or something, something that gets you physically in your body and activating your emotional spectrum. I, it always amazes me because then I, especially when I'm talking with men, I said, how, how can you, of course, of course you don't feel comfortable with your anger, your rage, your sadness, your grief, if you haven't ever explored them in a safe place. The narrative has been that these are unsafe emotions for me to feel. Not only are they unsafe for me, but they're unsafe for people around me. If I explore or express these emotions, then here's the, here's the long list of consequences that will arise from them. And I don't wanna even right. touch that stuff. And, be, and I think of a man who, who says what he said to you, that, it's unhealthy to do that to the nervous system. I can understand what he what he's saying. I think it's actually just more a, a fear of being in that incredibly activated state. Because actually that energy, in my experience, can be extraordinarily creative. It can be, like you said, healing, which seems very opposite of what most people think when they think of anger and rage and the just the the full animal right the full animal spirit coming alive within us but but just like you've expressed because i've been in rooms like you're describing i've been in rooms i've i've led and co-facilitated and been a participant in breathwork workshops and other workshops of this variety a lot of times if people are really going there it can look a little bit like a mental ward you know like where where you see people there at, at different parts of the range of the spectrum where there's people screaming, there's people crying, there's people beating up on some inanimate object, but it's all happening in a really safe container. And at the end of it, there's, there's laughs, there's smiles, there's people taking naps. It, it's amazing how much emotional space is cleared and healed just by creating a space where people can explore that oftentimes for the first time ever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's really man it's just so beautiful when you get to see this uh this big bad brother with giant forearms and tattoos all over his hands and wrists and right he's been in a in a in a marriage that for 17 years that he's recently got out of and for the first time in his life he's able to give full expression to all the years of pent-up frustration and anger and feeling like you know the brothers that he rode his motorcycle with he had to put on this facade like nothing was ever wrong in his partnership or he doesn't have feelings or you know that he, he was really hurt by the fact that him and his partner were so out of coherence you know to be to be held like that and be seen like that man it's it's just it's fucking it's incredible <laughs> it's it's so it's so special you know it, it, like you get so much soul medicine just by being a witness to it and just and just by seeing this brother transform and be like, hey, dude, I'll be totally honest with you. When you walked in here, you were hanging on to so much. You had so many guards up and literally two days later, like uh, you, you I literally feel like you could straight up walk into the clouds like they're like this lighter, new uh, person because they like they, they just feel so liberated and free being like, wow, I've, I've, I'm, I'm seen. I'm, I'm finally seen. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of distance to cover, right? Especially thinking of the legacy of manhood and masculinity that we, that we all come from, that to make those types of shifts, even in just one lifetime, right? Even let, let alone making sure we don't pass on these things to our kids, but being able to access those insights and to evolve within a lifetime seems like a lot of distance to cover. So you seem like somebody to me who is very, not only optimistic, but seemingly very certain that we are gonna cover some massive territory in, in just a one, one short lifetime. So 
my, my curiosity goes to what, what what gives you that confidence and what do you think it will actually look like for that to continue changing and growing and evolving over these next call it a few decades yeah yeah pretty pretty powerful question um you know one thing i one thing i stated at one of the events i spoke at last year was this as a society we need to stop outsourcing our science our information and what we believe to be true from someone on the television your whole body is made of truth this this right here is literally the universe <laughs> with inside your dna is the genetic blueprint of the universe so rather than continuously being like hey is that is that true can you can you show me a, an article on that like uh, can i see the science no close your eyes take 50 deep breaths and ask yourself is this true is this truth feel whether or not whether or not you have a contraction or an expansion and for me jetty you know and for some people they'll be like wow i feel like this guy's really authentic or they might see me and be like no that that doesn't feel like truth to me and that's okay i know so deep i came to this planet from very very far away with the deep knowing within my dna uh, to be a leader during this time. And I, and one of the things I have within my body in my DNA is a knowing beyond, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred people on the planet with what lies ahead of us. Do I know in specific what lies ahead? No. Do I know the beauty that lies ahead in this lifetime? I fucking sure as hell do. We are going to see plants and trees that we've never seen before. We are going to see species of animals appear on earth that we've never seen before. How is that possible? Because planet earth has a living library of consciousness that not one planet throughout the entire universe and multiverse has. I know that's really, really big, but, uh, and I can go, I could go really deep down a rabbit hole, but I'm just going to say this, uh, planet earth is special beyond our wildest imagination. And you myself and all the other powerful light warriors that have come here during this time are unlocking that living library of consciousness within earth you won't even recognize this planet in 40 years from now it, it will it will literally be as if we literally astral traveled through a wormhole millions of miles away into another planet i mean that's literally what our existence is going to be and and trust me we will see it in our lifetime I just, and for those who are going to watch this, just feel into how much you've seen change in two years. Just feel into everything you've seen change from the energetics to physical to all that we've purged, how much you've grown with inside yourself. Now, fast forward 38 years from now. And I, all I can say is that I just, I'm so... I feel so good and I feel so surrendered to just letting the divine unfold, no matter how much upheaval or chaos we have to face. I feel that um, the existence that awaits us is going to be something, it's going to be a pretty magnificent story that we get to tell uh, in years from now. Yeah, man. Uh you you got me on that one because I was like, yeah, how much has changed in the past couple of years? And I, I like to think of myself as a very reflective person, but it's so easy to forget just where we were on March 28th, 2020, you know, yeah. when, when, when a lot of this COVID stuff started to really pop off. And so I think you make a great point that that alone, I don't know if there's many people that would argue, you know, regardless of where you come from, regardless of what place in the belief puzzle you, you occupy everyone would agree that so much has has changed and transpired in the past couple of years and certainly that would suggest that a lot more is possible in the years to come so um, i'm glad that you shared that and totally on board with it man you know i guess the last piece before we start to wrap it all up here is it's pretty clear that you have a lot of insight and perspective on the trajectory of humans and human evolution 
I would even say it, it sounds like an inevitability the way that you speak about it. Do you think that there's some way that we could screw this whole thing up? Do you think there's a way that we don't get this right and all of a sudden things just come collapsing down and all of the possibilities of the beautiful world we could have lived into are not available for future generations? Yeah, you know, I, I think to sit here and say there is a one million percent chance that blah, 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 blah will happen, right? Um, but here's what I will say. When we were in 2018, 2019, um, the years leading up to this massive instantaneous shift of energy uh, on, on Earth, uh, there was a lot of uncertainties and a lot of unknowns of how much light was going to be coming onto the planet, um, how much humanity was going to come together, how much we were going to evolve uh, as an individual, as a starseed that's come to Earth, uh, whether you're a very evolved Earth being or whether you come from the stars, there was a lot of unknowns. Um, and what I can say in March in 2022 is that um, <laughs> things look really good and we're, we're doing an incredible job of uniting and coming together and uh, coming to huge gatherings and healing and and really going into our shadow and integrating the light and the dark and merging that into this beautiful existence. So um, I, I just genuinely feel so confident that uh, we're in an amazing place uh, to just continue to trust and surrender. And that sure, yeah, we might continue to see uh, a lot of natural disasters. You know, we might continue to see upheaval and chaos, but that is the two dimensions of consciousness that are happening on earth at the same time playing out. So uh, it is not good or bad. It just, it just is. It's part of the purging process or part of the, um, or it is part of the uh, purifying process as the Hopi elders called it. You know, we would be going through this time of purification. Well, that's happening right now. You, if you do not choose to live in harmony with earth, then you will be leaving during this time and continuing to do your spiritual work uh, on a different on a different planet um, in this galaxy or possibly another galaxy. But um, you you your soul chose your soul chooses whether or not it wants to become more conscious, more loving, more kind, or not. And and it's if we're going to make it simple, it's really that simple. But um, yeah, I really I really wake up every day just super excited to see what's going to manifest from day to day and um just knowing so on such a deep level that you know uh i'm here to become more conscious and i'm here to be a guide for uh, many others as many other uh beautiful powerful beings that are on earth right now are here to do the same and uh no one does it by themselves we all do it together as a unit as a star family so yeah, it's, it's, it's when I say what a time to be alive, which I say a lot, and let's go new earth. I mean, there's never been a more exciting time to be alive, truly. Right on, man. Well, Andrew, I appreciate everything that you brought here today and sharing your insights and your perspectives, your wisdom. I've got a few rapid fire questions here for you before I have you give the sign off. So you ready for the lightning round? Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. So what is one thing you've learned in your life you wish you knew when you were 18? Mm, I wish I would have known about breath work. Mm, good one. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Mm. The first thing that came to mind was just authenticity. Mm. Raw authenticity. And last one. What is the one thing the world needs more or less of from men right now? We just need um, men to support our goddesses and how fast they are rising because the golden age is about the feminine energy. So it's about, right, we can get caught up in our ego and be like, well, what's our role here? You know, the women are rising so fast. They are. They are rising super fast. So it's important to be, you know, kind, understanding to ourselves. Uh, we're with ourselves all the time. So just so important to you know, see other brothers for that, that we're doing this together. We're not alone. 
And the, there are so many places and so many brothers and that are doing beautiful work who we can reach out to and, uh, and, and lean on and ask for advice and ask for wisdom because, um, yeah, we're all really just a big interconnected family. And that's the truth. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for being here today. Where would you like for people to go and find you, follow you, connect with you, hear more about what you're up to? Yeah, you can, uh, you can subscribe to my website, andrewgenevesehealing.com. Um, I have a bunch of events coming up, actually, as me and Jenny just talked about, I'll be hosting a uh, breath workshop up here in Half Moon Bay in the Bay Area for the first time ever on Sunday, Sunday April the 3rd um, for all the Southern California family or anyone who wants to drive over from Nevada or Arizona. I'll be holding a bunch of workshops uh, at the back half of April. That's all on andrewgenevesehealing.com. And if you're anywhere in the United States, I'll be speaking at the Big Idea in Wichita, Kansas, next to Dr. Ben Tapper, Kelly Brogan, Alex Zach, Ayla Cuenca, a bunch of really epic legends. And uh, it'll be like seven, 800 people there. Just all the gatherings are just so incredibly special. I went, I spoke there last year and it was just pretty, pretty spectacular, really. Um, and I'll be holding a three hour breath workshop with like, you know, I don't even know, 70 to 100 people there. Um, on Sunday, April the 10th. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at breathe, heal, evolve, no uh, periods or underscores, breathe, heal, evolve. And you can follow uh, Andrew Genovese uh, on, my, uh, on my Telegram. And, and that's it. Oh, and last but not least, for the first time, I'm going to be bringing on uh, dimensional breathwork facilitators. So I'll be teaching people how to do uh, what I do um, later in the year. So yeah, really excited to uh, announce that publicly when, when it's, when the time is right. Andrew, well, Hey man, it's been great to get to connect with you and get to know you a little bit more and capture this conversation for others to benefit from. Appreciate the work that you're doing out there in the world, uh, and your optimism and your perspective on where we're heading and wish you the best of luck from now into the future. Jenny, thanks so much for having me on brother. All right, y'all, you know what to do. Cruise over to risingman.org. Get yourself signed up for the fire circles. And while you're there, check out all the links and resources for this episode and everything that Andrew's got going on over there at risingman.org. Please subscribe wherever you're listening to us and hit us with those five stars on iTunes and Spotify. Please register and get yourself subscribed to the channel wherever you're listening so you get updates each and every week. Cruise over to YouTube as well, youtube.com slash the rising man movement. We got content that we're dropping there still each and every week and a lot of other content that you guys will never have heard or seen if you're only listening on iTunes, Spotify, or somewhere else. So go check us out at youtube.com slash the rising man movement. Shout out to everybody out there who's supporting the rising man movement, helping it move all the way around the globe. The men, the women, the children, every single one of you playing your part. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.